Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Wah, wah, wah. What up, what up, what up? It's your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. What, 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 what? Yeah, no, <laughs> I uh, I don't have that much enthusiasm today. No, it's just it's a long week, man. Been a long week, and it's only Wednesday. Uh, anyway, let's just you know, hey, as usual, like, subscribe, share, review, post, review, uh, star, thumbs up. However you do it, wherever you do it, up up to you, really. But hey, this is Nick Snur News. Again, I'm your host, Nick. Let's just jump right in, shall we? Hey, how about this? Are you excited about Crisis 2? Well, Crisis 2 Remastered might be coming. Might be a thing, I should say, if a tease from Crytek is to be believed. Yes, Crytek themselves are teasing their own game. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Strange, really. Very odd. Um, Paradox Interactive had their own convention this weekend. Uh, they announced a couple expansions coming for Crusader Kings, uh, Prison Architect, and Hearts of Iron 4, um, uh, which is actually getting a USSR content pack. Uh, and then they also announced the return of the Victoria franchise, and that Victoria 3 is coming. Anyway, moving on. I know that's not a, a whole lot... So, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, they did some a lot of Overwatch 2 uh, coverage this, this past week. Uh, Bungie released a lot of that. And uh, essentially it was a new live stream. Um, PvP teams are going from 6v6 to 5v5, which uh, a lot of uh, pro players are, are concerned about as they might be kicked off their teams. Um, especially after the fact that, you know, it's going from 6v6 to 5v5. Uh, along with that, it, it sounds like one of the tank roles is being uh, eliminated, essentially. Um, and I guess tanks are going to be adjusted in some way um, and be more brawler-focused than than stationary shields. Um, all Each class is going to get new passive abilities, uh, tanks will have knockback reduc reduction. Um, there's a new Monte Carlo map they showed off. Assault is no longer going to be in competitive play, um, which is interesting. Uh, Blizzard is working on more push maps. Um, and then uh, they want to integrate new modes. And uh, not all maps are tied to story mode, they say. And then this is some other new changes. So... Uh, Overwatch will update its its uh, HUD and a new UI. Uh, healer UI now shows a portrait of the person you're healing. Uh, weapons are going to feel better and will have better uh, sound, animation, and feedback. Um, there will be new Hero 2.0 looks, which will be updated uh, for every hero in the roster. There's going to be reworks for every for certain characters. Zarya now has two charges for her bubble. Um, Movement acceleration has been sl slowed. Uh, over health and overshield, we combine into a single bar. They're looking at 
improving crowd control mechanics and um there might be some cosmetic customization coming and uh, some other things that are going on in the game uh, but it is expected to launch i think later uh in 2022 i don't think it's going to be right away but that is what's going on in the overwatch circuit and and going back to, to players concerned um Overwatch Pro Poco tweeted, Am any fellow tank player scared for their job? Unquote. Like, yeah, this is a big deal. This is a very big deal. It's it's rare to see a multiplayer game, especially one on the pro circuit, change up the amount of players in its 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 PvP, especially in professional PvP. Th- this would be like if the NFL decided to go to uh, like seven players on the field instead of eleven per team, right? Like that—that's a big fucking deal. Like it's—it's it's very interesting for them to to switch it up, especially especially when they are part of the like Blizzard helped create the the Overwatch League. Like that that's that's insane that they would go and just change the whole meta like that. So very very interesting to see how that will affect things and how it will change things moving forward especially in in the overwatch league um also it came out this week that netflix may try to get into the gaming industry and become the netflix for games themselves uh you know game pass and other things are always considered like the netflix of games the netflix of games so it it came out in a new report from the uh informer that netflix uh per inside sources is looking to become the Netflix of games. So essentially they want to make sure that they have a foothold in the gaming market and, or the information, excuse me. Uh, it says, quote, people familiar with the situation, unquote. Uh, they also want to be like, uh, how Apple arcade operates. So you pay a fixed fee and you can access and stream a number of games via the service. Um, no word yet if they want to develop games themselves or not. And, uh, there's not going to be any advertising in the games and, uh, it's very interesting to see how this goes. I mean, granted there, there are stranger things games. It's one of the only games based off a, a Netflix license. Um, and then Netflix told the information quote, our members value the variety and quality of our content. It's why we've continually expanded our offering from series to documentaries, film, local language, originals, and reality TV. Members also enjoy engaging more directly with stories they love through interactive shows like Bandersnatch and Uverse Wild, or games based on Stranger Things, La Casa de Papel, and To All the Boys. So we're excited to do more with interactive entertainment, unquote. And it'll be interesting. They've been apparently also pursuing... They've been getting a lot of video game content, though, on on the their on Netflix, so a lot of stuff based on video games. Uh, and then lately there's been mumblings that they, they're going after game developers or, or like studio figures, like game development studio figures. It will remain to be seen though if they actually go through with this or if they ever launch something similar like this uh, to actually enter that market. But uh, no word yet on how true that is. Uh, it's also been announced that Free Radicals is free is reforming. Uh, if that doesn't sound familiar to you, I'm sure you've heard of Time Splitters. Well, Free Radicals is the development studio behind the original Time Splitters, and they have reformed under the THQ Nordic 
uh, banner, and they are going to be working on a new installment in the Time Splitters franchise. If that's a reboot, if it's Time Splitters 3, we don't know. What what we do know is that a new Time Splitters is coming in the near future. Uh, we're starting to finally get some news about E3 press conferences. Uh, well, at least a few of them. E3 officially kicks off on June 12th, and uh, from what we know already is Ubisoft will be first on June 12th with a 12 p.m. Pacific broadcast of Ubisoft Forward, or their their uh, E3 press conference, if you will. Uh, and then the following day at 10 a.m. Pacific, on June 13th, Xbox and Bethesda will host a joint conference. That behemoth is probably going to be like three hours alone. No other press conferences has been have been announced, but I'm sure that will change in the next week or so. Um, and uh, speaking of Ubisoft, there is a new report that has come out that... Uh, hold on. Some things are coming in that we'll talk about next week. Anyway, uh, there is a new report also saying that... Watch Dogs was apparently originally a driver game. Uh, so this is VG247 um, has noted that a, 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 apparently from a, a anonymous source within Ubisoft Montreal, uh, they were developing a new driver game, which uh, doesn't make sense because I, I thought Take-Two owned driver. Um, uh, they were doing this rather than make a new IP, but... I guess, I don't know, they said, quote, The game that was released as Watch Dogs started life as a sequel in the Driver franchise, but was always largely what you see in the final product, unquote. It also said, quote, It was always modern day. It had on-foot parkour, combat, as well as driving, all set in a large open city, and the main hook was always modern technology and hacking. After a while trying to make this concept fit into the Driver franchise, the decision was made to turn it into its own new IP, unquote. Um, I guess uh, another source confirmed uh, to VG247 that it was after Driver San Francisco failed to generate sales, they decided to, to switch it to Watch Dogs. Uh, they said, quote, they just did their own thing and convinced Eves he could have his own GTA instead of the low-selling Driver. But... Like, like I said, there's some other things. Ah, so in 2013, IGN did interview Ubisoft North American president Laurent Detoc, who did reveal that the Watch Dogs engine was originally built for Driver. Um, he did say, quote, I wouldn't say that Driver became Watch Dogs because that's not true, unquote, at the time. But that's really interesting that that's all coming out now. But, uh, people, I could have sworn Driver was a Take-Two franchise, and now, now my whole worldview is wrong. So let's, let's take a look here, folks. Uh, I've never, I, we, I've talked about the Driver franchise before on here, and how I played it as a kid, and I never, like, um, you know, I, I never, like, really got anywhere playing it. And, oh, Reflection Studios. Why did I think it was Take-Two? Reflections Interactive. 
which is now a Ubisoft developer. Wow. Okay. Maybe um, maybe it was Ubisoft the whole time. Let me see when Ubisoft. Oh no, Ubisoft bought it in. 2006, they were owned by GT Interactive. Okay, so no, it was not always a, a Ubisoft. It was not always an Ubisoft studio. So the original drivers were not Ubisoft. And now they make, they make watchdogs, essentially. Um, that's what I thought. I knew. I knew it wasn't a, a, an Ubisoft franchise. I knew that. I knew this knew this okay anyway um i can kind of see how elements of that became uh you know became watchdogs and that explains why i really enjoy um that's probably why i really enjoy watchdogs because i always liked uh, driver as a kid too that's really funny that is really funny wow you learn something new every day right and uh, speaking of a game I thought was made by Take-Two Interactive, well, how about this? Uh, Take-Two Interactive, also known uh, as the company that owns Rockstar Games, is uh, apparently going to open a record label. They are co-founding a record label called Sir, Sir Coloco Records. And... So I, oh, Circo Loco Records, excuse me, that's how it's it's uh, stylized. And it's a dance brand that puts on club nights across the world. Um, a lot of those, those brands are already part of GTA Online. And they're teaming up with the brand. Oh, it's actually a, a, a it's co-founded a label with the Circo Loco brand to, call, to create Circo Loco Records. And uh, they said it quotes to support and elevate dance music culture during one of the most fraught periods ever experienced for clubs. Unquote. Uh, it will be the the first album they release is called Monday Dreaming. It's a compilation of tracks coming uh, later this year um, with artists that have been associated with Circle Loco since 1999, and uh, they will also then start releasing weekly EPs. Uh, from Monday Dreaming, starting uh, on June 4th, so starting next week. Uh, then from Rockstar, it says, quote, Music is fundamental to Rockstar Games. It's part of everything we do. Partnering with our friends at Circo Loco is part of an, our ongoing efforts to find new ways to bring the very best underground music to the widest audience possible, unquote. And no word yet on if it will uh, tie into future Rockstar Games or Grand Theft Auto or anything like that, uh, but the artist list... For this album, uh, Monday Dreaming, includes Lost Souls of Saturn and Toki Monsta, Rampa, Moody Man, Butch, Margaret Digas, Carl Craig, Dyke, Dyke Kind, Dyche Kind, Adam Beyer, Teeny, Jamie Jones, Seth Troxler, Tale of Us, Sama Am Abdul Hadi, Luciano, DJ Tennis, Mano Le Tuff, Carrie Chandler, Damian Lazarus, Bedouin, and Red Axes. And that album will drop later in July uh, from Rockstar and Circo Loco Records. That's a wild thing to be talking about. Like, excuse me, what? Rockstar Games? Wild. Things are just wild in general lately. Um, 
Also, uh, PlayStation had like an investor meeting this week um, that apparently they are looking to expand possibly. Yeah, they had investor relations documents that were released. And it looks like that they are looking to expand uh, PlayStation games available on PC, which apparently Uncharted 4 is the next one to be released on PC, which never thought I'd hear that or see that ever in my life. And uh, also, uh, there's other things in the document with, with quotes from Sony Interactive Entertainment Jim Ryan saying, quote, services mobile and social area arenas, uh, unquote. So that's where they're looking to grow. So Sony is looking to expand into mobile games and apps. Uh, they He went on to say, quote, We have been thinking about how players enjoy our content and have had some early su- success with experimenting with mobile games and apps to provide more choice to gamers. Unquote. Uh, he also went on to say uh, how about how, quote, their IPs can transition to smartphone gaming and complement our AAA games or live service games, unquote. Uh, he also said, quote, we are exploring the mobile market with some wonderful PlayStation franchises, so please stay tuned, unquote. I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, look at Nintendo. Look at what happened with Nintendo. Like, that was the whole rage, and now I really don't hear anyone talk about Super Mario Run or the super mario kart on your phone mainly because they were like super predatory in terms of like charging and monetization but i i I really don't see a whole lot of sony ips transferring to mobile just like i don't see a lot of xbox franchises ever transferring to mobile like i get playing them on your mobile device like remotely like with expat with xbox uh pc uh, or x x cloud or like uh, like PlayStation Remote or whatever it's called. Like that I understand, but not like a full-on mobile experience built around it. Xbox tried with Halo. It didn't really do well. Um, so, granted, those were twin-stick shooters, so it's a very different experience. But I I just, I don't know. I That I'm not totally, I don't understand in, in that particular regard. Um, interesting for sure. Uh, and then today, uh, on on their Instagram of all places, uh, the Pokemon Company and Nintendo announced release dates for the uh, for the Diamond and Pearl remakes, as well as Pokemon Legends Arceus. So it looks like um, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl will release on November nineteenth of twenty twenty one. Uh, and that will be followed in January by the release of Pokemon Legends Arceus, the new, like, spin-off mainline series game that will take place in the past and uh, very different from, from the previous Pokemon experience. So those games are coming out later this year and early in 2022. I'm sure we'll get more information as we get closer and closer and closer to E3. And, um... Speaking of E3, Unreal Engine uh, from Epic announced, uh, well, un- the Unreal Engine team at Epic uh, showed off another tech demo of, of Unreal Engine 5, and this time they did show it on both consoles. It looks gorgeous, and, and I mean that. It looks amazing. Unreal Engine 5 looks so pretty, and not every game that is going to use Unreal Engine 5 
is going to look like that. But they they even highlighted some of their new developer tools that will make it easy to to develop games in the future. And just the it 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 just it's immaculate and it's free to use really. Um, you just have to like share profits with them if you sell uh, if you make your game available commercially. But it it looks amazing and the tools they're making, which I really hope will change games for the future and they will start looking better and better and better as as time goes on uh but though th there's videos of that all over youtube if, if you guys want to check that out um we also got uh today announcements for ps plus games and games with gold this month uh on games with gold you have the king's bird and Shadows Awakening, those are the Xbox One Series X games. Uh, and then the backwards compatible 360 games are Neo Geo Battle Coliseum and Injustice Gods Among Us. Yes, the first in the Injustice Games series. And then over on PS Plus, uh, you can get Operation Tango for PS5. The PS4 version is not available. Uh, Virtua Fighter 5 and then Star Wars Squadrons are available on PS5. Four, um, and then uh, also a couple more things to talk about. Uh, BlizzCon will not happen this year. Uh, Blizzard announced that they will shift completely to next year, and it will be a hybrid event next year, meaning it will be both digital and have limited in-person activities, uh, depending on, of course, how things play out in the near future. Uh, and then Nvidia announced today that they expect shortages on the RTX 30 series GPUs to last until at least the end of this year. Uh, and final bit of gaming news, I did want to point out, I did get my hands on a PS5. Uh, surprisingly, the day after we recorded last week, um, I, I got the tweet that they were going available on, on Sony Direct. Um, so I did purchase it directly from Sony this time. And... Uh, it turns out, uh, I got it very quickly. I, I purchased it on Thursday. It was at my door Monday. Um, I haven't been able to uh, hook it up or, or play it just yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll get to do that this weekend. Um, but that thing is fucking huge. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's enormous. It's, it's not as heavy as the Series X is. Uh, I will say that. Um, but it's heavy. It is, it, or it's, it, it, it is big. It's just it, big and not a whole lot comes in the box. Just power HDMI controller and all that. Um, I will say this while obviously I haven't been able to play anything. The dual sense is a major improvement over the dual shock four. It, it's a larger controller. Uh, it does have a little bit of weight in it, in it, in it to it. Uh, the, the joysticks are a lot farther apart, so I don't, I won't have the problem of my thumbs hitting. Um, would I trade it still for an Xbox controller? I don't know. I've gotten so used to offset joysticks that I, I just prefer offset joysticks in general. Um, I, I do have one complaint against the DualSense, like, like I did with the new Xbox Series X controller as well. It does feel a little cheap in places, not not everywhere, but in places, and I do not like I do not like the the two tone thing that they're doing. Like I do not like 
that that weird seam they got with the the black in the controller it is not um luckily like your hands don't really touch it but i can tell that that's just a place where problems are going to arise over over years of, of playing for sure um i i do like the new touchpad i i like I said i like where the new the joysticks are placed the buttons feel nice the the triggers and um R2 and L2 and R1 and L1 buttons feel really nice. They're a lot smaller than I expected. Um, they're a lot better, though, over the, the DualShock or what DualShock has become over the years. I, I will say that. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's a marketed improvement over, over the, the uh, DualShock 4. I will say that 100%. Um, I still prefer my Elite Series controller. But but the the dual sense is a, a like I said a great improvement. Um, can't wait to to try some games out on it, and uh, hopefully get everything booted up and transferred over from PS4 on that. Uh, hopefully this weekend, as I need to rearrange some things for the the PS5 uh, to fit. I did get the disc version. I did not get the discless, um, and I I did not purchase any games for it as of yet. I will uh, more than likely get Ratchet and Clank in a couple weeks. And then, of course, the Final Fantasy VII Integrate or whatever that's coming uh, comes out in a couple weeks as well. So I, I will be talking about those soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, that's at it for video games this week. Uh, just a little bit of, to talk about in TV-wise. Um, we have the first-person cast in our Green Lantern show that's coming to HBO Max. Uh, Jeremy Irvine has been cast as Alan Scott, the first Green Lantern. Uh, in, in the series, so uh, no word yet, though, on when it will premiere or when it will air. I'm guessing probably late next year at this the rate it's going. Um, but uh, we don't we still don't have a lot of information on, on it just yet. Um, and then uh, do you want to talk about some other DC shows? The Sandman over at uh, the Netflix adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman has added uh, a bunch of new cast members and uh, very big. So it has been announced uh, that Kirby Howell Baptiste will portray Death, Mason Alexander Park as Desire. Um, hold on. And this is on top of all the, the actors that have already been cast. Uh, Donna Preston as Desire, Jenna Coleman as Johanna Constantine, uh, Niam Walsh as Young Ethel Cripps, Jolie Richardson as Ethel Cripps, um, David Thewlis as John D. David Thewlis you'll know as uh, Professor Lupin from the Harry Potter series, uh, Kayo Ra as Rose Walker, Stephen Fry as Gilbert, Razan Jamal as Lyda Hall, Sandra James Young as Uni Unity Kincaid, Patton Walls Oswalt as the voice of Matthew the Raven, um, and of course they're they're joining the already announced cast of Tom Sturridge, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Boyd Holbrook, and Charles Dance, um, that have already been announced in the cast. Uh, we also got I could have sworn there were more people announced um, today, but I think it was just them. I'm excited for Patton Oswalt and Stephen Fry. Um, speaking of Patton Oswalt, uh, I started watching Modoc this week, 
yeah, that show, I don't know, man, MODOK kind of sucks, personally. I'm sure other people like it, and I'm sure other people are enjoying it, but it did not hook me. I tried watch, I watched, I gave it three episodes, I'm not gonna lie, I gave it three episodes. I'm not going back. It has a stellar voice cast, too. It just, it's not doing anything for me. And it's a lot like Robot Chicken. I love Robot Chicken. I like Patton Oswalt. I do not like Modoc. <laughs> not at all. Um, which is unfortunate. I wanted to like it, but but I didn't. Um, and then also the CW announced with The Flash entering its eighth season, um, they have announced that there will be a lot of superhero team-up episodes uh, in the first half of season eight of The Flash. Um, granted, there's a pretty major departure from from the show. Uh, both T- Tom Cavanaugh and uh, Carlos Valdez are are leaving the series, uh, who have been there since since the beginning, and they're obviously looking to fill that void. Uh, and it looks like uh, potential team up with Superman, potential team up with Black Lightning. Uh, nothing official yet on who exactly the crossover episodes will be with, but they are coming. Um, and now there are rumors starting to fly around that that Grant Gustin may leave the series after season eight as well. Um, now, if they end the show with that, like they did with Arrow when Stephen Amell left, will be interesting to see. Uh, and then, um, as we stick with the CW there for a second, um, it has been announced that the Powerpuff Girls live action show, uh, the pilot apparently did not work, but they will be reworking it. Uh, they're going to reshoot it essentially. So, uh, per deadline, the CW CEO, Mark Pedowitz said that it was a quote, a miss. Uh, he said, quote, the reason we do pilots is sometimes things miss. This was just a miss. We believe in the cast completely. We believe in Diablo and Heather, the writers. In this case, the pilot didn't work. You learn things and you test things out. In this case, we felt let's take a step back and go back to the drawing board because this is a powerful property. It has engaged a lot of interest and we want to get it right before we put it out, unquote. Um, so apparently, despite the fact that they wanted it to, to really take off, uh, it didn't work. Um, they are going to retain the same creative team. They are going to retain the same cast. So that that's that's not changing. Um, from what it sounds like, is it just it was a little too campy, I guess, and they want to make it a little more grounded. Um, and that I think is is the the problem they faced because you're taking a show that was meant for kids and aging them up, right? Um, so it's it's. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in 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 the coming months, um, after they re refilm the pilot, and if the original pilot will ever be released uh, one day for for people to watch, um, that will be interesting to see for sure. Um, we also got word uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that when Loki starts in two weeks, that there will be multiple instances of Loki. So Loki will meet other versions of himself from alternate timelines in the Loki show, which just blows open a huge swath of conspiracy theories to now start pouring in for sure. Um, And then uh, before I talk about what's coming to streaming, 
which is really odd. There's not a whole lot coming streaming next month. Um, there was a new episode of The Bad Batch that just, again, did not do anything for me. Uh, this, of course, luckily this episode was very heavily focused on The Bad Batch themselves. Um, we get a, did get a tie-in with The Mandalorian with Fennec Shand, the character played by uh, Ming-Na Wen, uh, who is the character palling around with, with Boba Fett in... Um, in the book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season two. Uh, this one focused on like them looking for supplies on a planet. And it's funny cause they sell echo off as a droid. Um, but Omega gets caught up in hijinks and while the speeder chase is kind of cool through this planet overall, it just was not like, I, I don't know what they're doing with the bad batch, but I am just not that interested in some of these episodes. You sell a show on the fact that they are like a clone force, right? That they're like almost like Republic Commandos. And it's a continuation of the Clone Wars show. And I get that it's post-Empire and they're on the run. But like, hype it up a bit. I didn't, was not, granted, maybe it was supposed to be a drama. I did not expect a drama. And this is turning into more like character-driven stuff. And I'm just kind of like, I guess, man, like, I, I don't know. Not my thing. Maybe. I, I'm, I'm still going to watch it. It's Star Wars, but it it's not doing a lot for me right now. And I'm kind of disappointed. But you know what? That You win some, you lose some. Not everything's going to be perfect, right? And, and sticking with Star Wars here for a second. Uh, the internet erupted, really, over... Uh, Dave Filoni apparently getting a promotion to Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilm. Now, I just sat and watched and, and laughed because all these ridiculous fanboys were like, Oh, see, Kathleen's done. Uh, this just means Dave's taken over. Blah, 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 blah. Like, no, people. It just means Dave... Kathleen runs Lucasfilm. Dave is the... Um, chief executive or chief creative executive or uh been the executive creative director sorry that's what it is uh and it says quote for some time now so the the actual quote is dave has been serving as executive producer executive creator director at lucasfilm for for quite some time now we simply uh and then lucasfilm clarified and said we simply updated our website Nothing has changed with his current and future projects. He is a busier than ever in a galaxy far, far away, unquote. So essentially what this means is Dave is just in charge of, like, all Star Wars, right? Kathleen is the head of Lucasfilm, just like Kevin Feige is the head of Marvel, right? Uh, but I think Feige is, like, chief creative. Anyway, Kathleen is a producer. She has been a producer for a very long time. She has her name on some of the most beloved movies of all time, right? She knows what she's doing, people, okay? Just it, putting Dave in charge of, of the creative stuff is, is like, that's, that's a no-brainer. The man is, is like George Jr., George Lucas Jr., right? I, I hope, don't get me wrong, I hope Dave is the one to succeed Kathleen. I don't want Kathleen to go until it's really her time to go. I really have not seen any major issue with her other than hiring JJ. And we'll get to that in a fucking second. Fucking asshole that JJ is. But, but like, 
the 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 interwebs exploded with all the the fanboys and and shit like thinking that oh see blah 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 like no y'all need to like just sit down shut up and look at what the the truth is like dave has been doing a perfectly fine job there's no need to like freak out over this it's not a big deal people are reading way too much into it and of course internet clickbait sites fuel it and make it seem like kathleen is out like no she's not Okay, she's still Dave's boss. Like, she's not going anywhere. Uh, granted, she has to listen to Disney, but she is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, uh, that's it for TV this week. Uh, I do want to move on. Um, just uh, not, not a whole lot going on on streaming. Um, of course, look out for Godzilla Singular Point on Netflix later this month, as well as Sweet Tooth, which is a DC adaptation being produced by... Robert Downey Jr. Uh, on Disney Plus, Raya and the Last Dragon is a, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is being added to the free level of di- or not free, but added to regular Disney Plus. Uh, and of course, Loki, and then Luca, the new Pixar film. Um, so that's uh, that. I'll be on the lookout for those. Uh, and I do want to talk about movies here today as our as we as we wrap up the show. Um, Dwayne the Drock Johnson is expanding his DC movie uh, career. Uh, in addition to playing Black Adam uh, in the Black Adam film, he will also be voicing Crypto the Superdog in the DC Pets animated film that that's apparently coming out. Of all things to, to stay on their slate. Um, and then Henry Cavill, uh, as we still wait and watch to see if he is still Superman, uh, it has been announced that he is the new Highlander. Henry Cavill will portray the new Highlander in the new film being directed by uh, John Wick's Chad Stolhesky. Uh, um, so that's probably going to be a fucking good movie. Wow. Highlander. Henry Cavill is Highlander. Whoever, who would have thunk? That can only be one. Like, like Highlander. Fuck yeah, dude. Heck yeah, dude. Fucking t- Henry Cavill. That's probably going to be a badass movie, though. With Chad Stolhesky, too. That's gonna be, that's gonna be fucking epic. Um, uh, it was also announced Hocus Pocus two will premiere on Disney Plus next year. They're treating it like it was a new announcement. Like I thought they announced this like last year. Granted, with COVID, that changed a lot of things. Anyway, um, of all places, the plot synopsis for Sonic two leaked uh, via the the U.S. like copyright office. <laughs> And uh, it, it pretty much it confirms that Knuckles will be in the sequel in Tails. Like, if that wasn't already, um, that wasn't already a given. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we got our, we got our first trailer for the Eternals movie, the new Marvel movie. Um, which is kind of like their Justice League, kind of, if you, if you know the comics. Uh, the Eternals are like a race of super beings that are actually like related to Thanos in some way. Um, for the first time, it's a trailer that it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie at all. A lot of people have been comparing it to almost like Star Wars. Um, it didn't do a whole lot for me, and there's a lot of actors in it that I enjoy. Kamal Nanjiani, uh, Richard Madden, Kit Harrington is going to be in it. Uh, and, um, you know, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie... 
it, it, but it didn't like wow me. There was cool stuff, but it didn't like wow me. Like, oh, I need to really fucking see this movie. Could this be Marvel's first flop, first bomb? Maybe. Um, I'm not going to spell doom and gloom, but they need more trailers to possibly get more people on board with it. Cause it, it's definitely not a Marvel movie. It doesn't seem like your typical Marvel movie. Um, of course, Chloe Zhao is directing it, who just won for Nomadland. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that turns out later in the year. Um, Transformers, the movie, the original movie from 1986, uh, is getting a 35th anniversary 4K Blu-ray release. So if, if you guys are real big fans of that, Transformers, more than meets the eye. You know, the original song. Um, but yeah, 35th anniversary 4K Blu-ray uh, is coming out now. Um, Johnny Knoxville was being interviewed, uh, and he did confirm that Jackass 4 will be his last Jackass film. I don't really see them making a Jackass 5. Um Granted, he say he's he's uh, his luck. He he's happy with where his luck is, and he doesn't want his luck to run out. I mean, he's fifty years old. I don't really expect to see him doing Jackass forever. I don't expect them to do Jackass forever. Um, as they get older, it's going to be harder and harder for a lot of those guys to do stunts and shit. Um, but that Jackass four will be Johnny's last Jackass. Which, honestly, without Johnny Knoxville, is it really Jackass? Uh, and then um, it was announced today that Aaron Taylor Johnson is playing Craven the Hunter in the Sony Spider-Man universe of films or whatever they're calling it. And uh, it also was announced the actors they approached for Craven, and they settled on uh, Kickass himself, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, and that film will release in 2023. Uh, the biggest news, of course, this weekend is that MGM, famed movie studio, uh, has been purchased by Amazon. Amazon has purchased MGM. Uh, so now Amazon owns um, uh, uh, Amazon owns uh, uh, Robocop. They own James Bond. They own Rocky. Uh, a lot of classic films and film franchises. Uh, we're all owned are all owned by MGM and now Amazon uh, in a deal worth uh, almost nine billion dollars at eight point four five billion dollars uh, it it is um, I guess it's not about Amazon competing with Netflix or Disney plus uh, it's all about IPS right Amazon wants to own those um, obviously it has to go through regulatory approval um, but Robocop silence of the Lambs, Stargate Tomb Raider Pink Panther, um, they own the rights to 17,000 TV shows. Fargo, The Handmaiden's Tale, all under eight MGM. Um, House of Gucci uh, is coming out. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson film. So it, it's, it's, um, it's interesting to see this. Um, senior Vice President of Prime Video and Amazon Studios said, uh, Mike Hopkins said, quote, the real financial value behind this deal is the treasure trove of IP in the deep catalog that we plan to reimagine and develop together with MGM's talented team, unquote. Um, so it looks like they want to modernize some of those things. If you can bring me a really good RoboCop, I'm 100% on board. Um, just don't cancel the one that's already in development. Don't cancel the Tomb Raider 2 with Alicia Vikander that, that's already in the works. 
like those those are are still worth 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 doing i think um and uh let me see robocop returns i don't even know if that's still coming out to be honest i know they were working on it um they did hire a director so we'll we'll see if it um will if it if it really comes out um but but uh i'm excited to see this as long as they keep dumping money into james bond i i, I really don't care mgm hasn't really mattered as a studio for for quite a while um i think they almost went bankrupt a couple of years ago if i remember correctly um but this might work out well for for mgm in the long run uh and then uh before i talk about two movies that i watched this past weekend uh, I want to go back and talk about J.J. Abrams, who, in an interview um, with, uh, uh, who is he talking to, uh, Collider, of all places, uh, admitted that he said, quote, I've been involved in a number of projects that have been, in most cases, series, that have ideas that begin the, th- that begin the thing where you feel like you know where it's going to go, and sometimes it's an actor who comes in, other times it's a relationship that, as written, doesn't quite work, and things that you think are going to just be so well-received just crash and burn, and other things that you like, oh, that's a small moment or that's a one-episode character, suddenly become a hugely important part of the story. I feel like what I've learned is a lesson a few times now, and it's something that, especially in this pandemic year working with writers, has become clearer. The lesson is that you have to plan things as best you can, and you can you always need to be able to respond to the unexpected. And the unexpected can come in all sorts of forms, and I do think that there's nothing more important than knowing where you're going. Uh, there are projects I've worked on where we had some ideas, but we hadn't worked through them enough. Sometimes we had some ideas, but then we weren't allowed to do them in the way we wanted to. I've had all sorts of situations where you plan things in a certain way, and you suddenly find yourself doing something that's 180 degrees different, and then sometimes it works really well, and you feel like, wow, that really came together. And other times you think, oh my god, I can't believe this is where we are. And sometimes when it's not working out, it's because it's what you planned, and other times it's when it's not working out, it's because you didn't have a plan. Unquote. Huh, JJ. It looks like you fucked up, and you're admitting you fucked up when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, he went on to say, quote, you never really know, but I, having a plan I have learned in some cases the hard way is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up. You don't know what to emphasize because if you don't know the inevitable of the story, you're just as good as your last sequence or effect or joke or whatever, but you want to be leading to something inevitable, unquote. So this is my only knock against Kathleen, and it's that she didn't make sure JJ directed uh, uh, 7, 8, and 9, right? Or Ryan, or if they were going to have different directors, they should have hammered out the fucking story first and then let them go off and do their things. Because that's what George did with the original trilogy. He wrote the story, he directed A New Hope, Irving Kirshner directed Empire Strikes Back, and Richard Marquand directed uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, folks, George Lucas did not direct Return of the Jedi, some guy most people have never heard of directed it. But it, it, it's, it's baffling to me 
that JJ is only having this clarification now, which explains Lost and why people hate how Lost ended. Because he clearly didn't have a plan there, right? And and it's it's clear that they that when he was sitting down to write um write the Force Awakens, he didn't have a plan. So you know, it it it, it it's it's frustrating when you hear him say things like this. It's like, dude, what? Like, are you like you are a director of major motion pictures in multiple franchises and you don't know what kind of like you don't have you don't plan ahead again this explains his star trek movies that are just kind of like what the hell is going on here and explains why his second star trek movie is wrath of khan 2.0 and a, a shitty shoddy attempt by it and and, and it, it's like what what was going on here what the hell was going on here and and you have to sit there and wonder like i i don't i'm so confused man and and if you look at the writers on the force awakens and the fact that they did not return for the other ones i except lawrence kasdan who i i think wrote um, I mean, granted, he wrote on Solo, he wrote Empire Strikes Back, he wrote Return of the Jedi, but when when you look at the, the and then Michael Arndt, who worked for Pixar a lot and did some other good movies, it's like, you know, what what happened there? Why weren't they brought back to write with Ryan Johnson, right? Don't get me wrong, I love The Last Jedi. Because The Last Jedi kept moving the characters forward. Then J.J. comes back on, on, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, who Chris Terrio wrote with him. And Chris Terrio's got a... Chris Terrio has a decent writing. Argo, Batman vs. Superman, which I know people don't like. Uh, Justice League, Snyder's Justice League, and The Rise of Skywalker. Like, what, what, where's the disconnect here that none of them could work together? Right? I, I, I don't understand how you are writing, you know, a Star Wars trilogy. And I get Ryan Johnson was the only writer on The Last Jedi, right? And I, he did take things that were built upon in um, in The Force Awakens and, and really made them real. And then you have Chris Terrio and J.J. come back and kind of just throw it all in the dumpster because some people didn't like... Um, some, some people didn't like things in The Last Jedi. And then you push Finn to the background. You push other characters to the background that were, like, getting their really rise to shine in The Last Jedi. And it's like, go fuck yourself, JJ. I, I will never let you live this down. And I don't know why I thought you were a good choice to, to, to direct The Force Awakens back in 2015. Honestly... I don't like your Star Trek movies now that I sit here and think about it. The the crappy Star Trek movies from the 80s are better 
than the J.J. movies. Because the J.J. Star Trek are more like Star Wars. Granted, J.J. admitted he never really liked Star Trek. So why the fuck would he be brought on to direct a Star Trek movie that just kind of took everything we we knew and just threw it? Right? Which is hence why we're still playing in the Prime Universe on all current Star Wars, Star Trek projects, right? But at the same time, you come in and dabble your fingers and, and I blame JJ more than anything because Ryan's was a coherent story and built off of what JJ did in the first one. The problem was they flipped up and changed directors and didn't have the balls to delay the release backed themselves into a corner and, and had to rush the writing. But, you know, I, I, I don't know what kind of alternate universe we could have lived in and whatever Colin Trevorrow's story would have been if it built off The Last Jedi or not. Who knows? Um, I just, I'm disappointed in, in things that J.J. has done. And it just sucks. And now we have mediocre Star Wars, which, again, everyone thought that the se- the the prequels were mediocre, so who knows? Maybe in 20 years, we'll be looking back and realize, oh, wait, these are good Star Wars films for the most part. But who knows? Who knows what will happen? Um, fucking JJ. Oh, maybe we should have a plan. Yeah, you think, Captain Obvious? Um, I do want to talk about two movies on Netflix that I watched this weekend. Uh, the first one being the Mitchells versus the Machines, which is the new Chris Lord and uh, Phil or Christopher Lord and Phil Miller um, movie on Netflix. It's an animated film about a family that uh, like saves the world from like this evil Siri type robot that takes over. It was actually really good, really funny. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, definitely worth a watch. Yes, it's a kids film, but there's a lot of cool references in it that adults will like too. Uh, And then, um, well, that was a good movie. Uh, I did watch Army of the Dead this weekend, too, the new Zack Snyder zombie film. And it's not the greatest movie, but there is a lot of cool things in there. And I was watching, I was like, whoa, was that a robot zombie? And, like, Zack Snyder came out and was like, yeah, you'll notice there aren't totally zombies. And it, it expands on, like, the zombie mythos, right? And, and it makes you think, and maybe they're not all completely zombies, because it's hinted at that it's it's from Area 51, it's hinted at that there might be alien influence, and you see like this blue substance in a lot of zombies. Not all the zombies look the same, so there, there are visual cues you need to look for in a lot of places. Um, it definitely has really good world building, and the action is, is on point, as with most Zack Snyder films. Um, the writing is a little shoddy at points, which it's a fun movie to just sit down and watch. Um, I'm not a super big zombie guy, but it was, it was, it was interesting to watch for sure. Uh, and there's things to look out for. And there's a lot of theories running around on what's going on now. Cause is there a time loop? Um, like, like I said, are there aliens? Are there robots? What's going on here? Um, it, it's, it's very interesting for sure. And there's a, like I said, there's a lot of cool stuff. Dave Bautista is great in the movie. I will say that. Um, he is a, a shining star in the movie. And the, is it weird when you're watching a movie that takes place in Las Vegas where they close off Vegas to keep the zombies in check? 
But then you're sitting there thinking like, oh, so does like, did they reroute the 15 then like around Vegas? Because since the 15 goes right through the city, like, are you still allowed to take the 15 north or (laughs) how does that work? Like, but no, the, the world building is great. And Zach said he does want to expand on that because he, he already has a sequel mapped out if he can if he gets to do one. Uh, they are doing a prequel. They are doing an anime series that they will expand on the world building and such. Um, but there's there's definitely a lot going on and a lot of interesting things. Uh, t- so if you do watch it, if you haven't watched it yet, make sure to keep your eyes peeled on, on certain things. Um, because it, it opens the door to a lot of, of stuff that you can speculate about and think about, and it makes you think about that world as a whole. Um, and then, like I said, at the same time, it really makes you think about zombies and how they operate, and if, if these things really are zombies, and expands on that mythos and things like that. And then, of course, there's a zombie tiger, which which uh, you wouldn't expect to see. But uh, it, it was like a 7 out of 10 for me. Um, like I said... People that really like zombie movies will probably really like it. Um, but I, I don't really care for zombies that much. Um, and then um, Mitchell's versus the Machines was 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 really funny. That's a good family movie. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, but uh, that's it this week for Nixner News. Thank you guys for, for stopping by. Uh, as, of course, I'm your host, Nick. Um, also, make sure to check out NixnerNews.com where you can find uh, our, our the podcast and listen to it right in your browser, or you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast pages. Um, while you're there, check out our social media tab, where you can find uh, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds, uh, or if you guys prefer to just follow along on your social media app of choice, that's Nick's Nerd News. Just uh, take a look for us, post a lot of funny memes that we find online. Um, I do not want to take credit for the memes I post because uh, I don't want to steal other people's work, but they are hilarious, and that's why I share them with you guys. Um, but that's it for Nick's Nerd News. Uh, hopefully next week I will get to talk to you guys about PS5. Um, I'll probably be playing Astro's Playroom since it was included on, on every one. Um, and uh, I think uh, I will probably be done with Mass Effect 2 Legendary Edition by the end of next weekend. Um, I'm, I'm powering through 2 right now. And then, other than that, I don't think anything else is coming out this week. But, who knows, a lot of things can change. But uh, with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.